Hey guys, this is Craig Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you for hanging out with me uh, here on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you sharing your time um, yeah, here on the podcast, so thank you for that. I am coming to you from the underground, right? Uh, also synonymous with like cellar or basement, right? But I've got this really cool space um, here. There's stage lights up and uh, there's candles. Uh, there's a lot of heavy metal and rock and roll paraphernalia from the past, some spiritual items. And so it's a really cool space that I'm coming to you from. Also, I'm coming to you from a state that still has a shelter in place order. So we're still kind of under quarantine here. And um, there's a lot of anxiety and restlessness concerning that. Um, people want to get out and be a wage earner again. They, they want to experience some semblance of normalcy, although I'm not sure what the new normal is really going to look like. Um, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. The anxiety of the unknown is very present. And so I, I, I understand the restlessness. I understand the frustration. Um, we're really living in an unprecedented time. There's been all kinds of catastrophic events that have happened on this planet. Um, the plague, world wars, all you know, things that were really, really catastrophic. But I don't know that we've ever experienced as a as a species on this planet um, something that has invaded really every area of the globe and of our lives. Uh, the coronavirus has invaded. Uh, health certainly, um, but it has also invaded us economically, emotionally, spiritually. It's invaded every area of our life, and so I, I understand the fear and the anxiety of the unknown. I know in my own case, um, I've been on both extremes. There was a time, there was a space for a while there where I was really concerned about this virus. I was afraid of it. I was afraid of catching it. I was afraid of my family getting it. You know, I had a lot of fear about it. And then there have been other times when I've been like, dude, I don't even know if this virus is even real, you know, and then all the shades or steps between those two extremes. And so it is a tough time. It's an unprecedented time. And so the fear or the anxiety of the unknown weighs, I think, heavy on all of us. And that's a tough place to be in. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Before I jump into that real quick, a couple of things. First of all, um, if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on uh, the social media platforms of your preference, um Please do that, man. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Honestly, I'm not super active on Twitter because, I don't know, man, it, it just such a cesspool of, of anger and opinion. And, uh, you know, I've got the news media. They, they, they get, they, I've got enough, uh, uh, you know, dietary supplementation of anger and, and aggression and bias uh, through those outlets, I don't need any more of it. So I'm not really active on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram, I'm on there quite a lot. I'd really love to connect with you on one of those uh, platforms. So so do that, man. And whatever social sphere of influence you have, uh, please let people know about the podcast. Also, 
something that's important to me is uh, something we did this evening. Um, we ordered food from a local restaurant, right? Um, because I think that those local places like that are really suffering. They're really going through a hard time. So something positive that you can do is, man, keep going to your favorite, your, your favorite place. For us, we had this curbside thing. We went to Benny's tonight, right? It's this Italian restaurant. And uh, curbside, man, got the chicken parmesan. Uh, it was amazing. It was great. And um, I think it's good for everyone. It's good for your community. It's good for that business owner. It's good for you. And so I want to encourage you to continue to really support in whatever way you can um, those local businesses. So, um, the anxiety of the unknown, I really kind of want to talk about that because there's so much ahead of us that we really don't know. We don't know, you know, what's going to be here when this is all said and done. Will this ever be all said and done? What if I do get it? What if I don't get it? If I get it, do I have immunity? Um, I mean, there's all this crazy stuff, you know, we're constantly being bombarded with unknowns. And I, you know, when I was a kid, um, I had a couple of cousins, Mary Jo and Jamie, who we just had the best time together. You know, we, we were always laughing and, and into some kind of trouble. But Mary Jo and Jamie would often talk me into doing things that I really didn't, wasn't interested in doing, you know. And one of those things was they talked me into watching this horror movie, right? Halloween. You're probably familiar with it, man. I was a young, young kid. And, uh, oh, you're going to love it. You know, they talked me into it, dude. I, I was so scared during the movie. I tried to keep it cool, but I was afraid. Um, the antithesis in this movie is Michael Myers. You know, he's, he's the bad guy, um, wears this scary white mask. And there's this ominous piano music that plays uh, right before he's getting ready to do something terrible, you know. And uh, there's just a lot of anxiety associated with the film and if you're if you've ever seen a high intensity flick right with um somebody who's already seen the movie what is the what is the thing that you always ask right it's like oh what's gonna happen and of course it's just so smug you know they're like dude i'm not gonna tell you what's gonna happen <laughs> and um the anxiety of the unknown in that situation is, is part of the entertainment. You know, it's, it's part of the fun. But there's a different kind of fear that um, it isn't cute. It isn't fun. It isn't entertaining. It's much more serious because it, it really is dealing with your life. Um, and that anxiety of not knowing it's a really tough place to be in. Now, as we talk about fear, I want to I want to set it in its proper role because I don't think fear is an entirely bad thing. Uh, I think it can be a great companion. You know, whenever you're getting ready to walk down maybe a dark alley and, and fear rises up within you and don't do that, right? In that place, fear is a good companion. It's a good friend to you when you're traveling too fast down a winding road, right down the mountain and fear rises up and says, you could go off the road and down the mountain, it, you would die, right? And, and you slow down. And so in that case, fear is a companion. Fear is a friend, but it, 
Fear often bleeds beyond its borders into other areas of our life and sometimes really into nonsensical, irrational uh, ways. And, and, and it's tough because fear is such a crippling emotion. Fear is a controlling emotion. You know, lovers, uh, employers, governments, religions have used fear to control people because it's such a powerful pull. Um, and we've seen this, right? We've probably experienced it uh, from lovers, from employers, certainly from governments, from religions that have used fear to manipulate and to control because fear is such a powerful, um, crippling, controlling sensation. Um, in fact, the Bible even talks about it. Now, for those of you that haven't listened before, or maybe you're still new to the podcast. So uh, let me real quick say the foundation of my spiritual practice is Christianity. My God is Jehovah, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so th- that is the spiritual foundation that I hold tightly to. You know, the, the, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm all in. But um, I have a very eclectic spirituality. And so as I continue to talk, you'll notice, or if you listen to past podcasts, there's a lot of mysticism in my spirituality. There's a lot of metaphysics. There's a lot of witchiness that I really resonate with in my spirituality. And so while the foundation of my faith is Christianity, um, it certainly wouldn't be anything um, like evangelical or mainstream. Um, it's much more eclectic um, than those practices. So I just wanted to say that. So whenever I read a Bible verse or something, you don't, you know, we don't have the eye roll thing. <laughs> um, but one of the things that people have often asked um is how do I deal with fear? And I've heard a lot of preachers. I've heard a lot of teachers. I've read a lot of books that have offered their insight on how to handle fear. And most times those insights, those instructions, they, they don't seem like a very good challenge to the fears that face us. Um, you know, often you'll hear of, of, of courage and I think courage is a very valiant thing. But I don't think that it's the best tool for fear because it's adversarial to it, right? Um, it's not harmonious with it. It's an adversary to it in, in, in the way that it's often taught. Um, courage is a noble trait. Um, it's one that um, the Bible discusses many, many times. And there's volumes of stories in, in many spiritual practices where courage is a, is a very noble thing. And, and I, I, I agree with that. Um, but I don't always think that viewing fear as an adversary is healthy. Certainly, sometimes it is. I just think we have to have the proper role and relationship with it. I want to offer a perspective. First of all, in this world, we are going to have trouble. In this experience, in this animation, in this drama, um, in this physical, we're going to have trouble. In fact, Jesus said that, right? I think it's John 14. Um, 
somewhere in there, he, he talks about in this world, you will have trouble. But then he goes on to say, um, but don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid because I have overcome the world. And there's a lot of ideas about what that means. But the admonishment of not being afraid isn't because there isn't um, anything ominous or ferocious or adversarial in this life. The Bible's really repetitive about the troubles of this world, the enemies that we have, the battles that we face. God really makes no bones about the trials and the tribulations of this life here in the body, on the earth. Um, in this world, you will have trouble. And think about that for a moment. Trouble in the world is going to happen because trouble and humanity are an inseparable duo. Trouble and humanity are an inseparable duo. So you will have trouble in this world. The interesting thing or the remedy that Christ applies to the troubles and the trials that we're going to face in the human experience is um, don't be afraid because I have overcome. So the solution, the freedom from controlling fear seems to be, as the Bible records, knowing who it is that you're connected to knowing who it is that you truly are. Another verse really encapsulates this. It's one of my favorites. It's in 1 John, I believe it's chapter 4, and it says, My dear children, you come from God and belong to God. You have already won a big victory over false teachers, for the Spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. So, um, spirit in this phrase is perceived to be God himself. And there is an interesting question. Um, so God is in you. Who is God? And that's really quite a question. But God is love and he's life. He's eternality. He's ethereal. He's spirit, essence, and beyond essence. God is creativity. He's power and truth and insight. He's immortality. He's the course of nature, the vibrancy, the, the energy in the trees and in the earth and in a river. God is supernatural. He's peace beyond definition. God is more and he is in us. And this begins, I think, to unveil a reality. This is the reality that the God who is in me and all the things that that means and let your mind run wild with that. The God who is in me and all the things that that means, the aforementioned attributes and so much more is alive and flowing and exploding and tra transversing and moving and streaming in me. In fact, to quote Jesus, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And so in many senses, God essentially is me or a part of me anyway. Not that I'm God. I'm not saying that. 
but I am the vine and what flows in me, that force, that energy, that, that divinity flows in you, you know, essentially from God, but still in you. Perhaps that's hard to conceive, but where the dwelling place of God in us is divinity and that, that divinity is constant connected, intertwined, interwoven. He is us, we are him. The eternal in me, the eternal that I am is greater in essence, greater in longevity, sustainability, survival, joy, peace, providence. What is this temporal trouble? What is this temporal trial to the eternal I that is me. Um, This passing identity, um, life is simply a vapor here for a moment and then it's gone. Your soul, however, it transcends physical limitation, earthly concerns. God, uh, uh, greater than this world? Absolutely so greater than these temporary trials to my eternal soul? Yes. Greater than these temporary troubles to my eternal essence? Absolutely. Am I greater than the lover who left? Am I greater than the job that I lost? Am I greater than the sorrow that I felt over the passing of a of someone that was very near to me? Or whatever it is that you find yourself, am I greater Is this temporary pain any match for the eternal soul that is really me? No. Yes, what is in me is greater than what is in this world. Rumi, um, who was a great spiritual individual, said, I am not this hair. I am not this skin. I am the soul that lives within there's a lot of things that happen in this drama. There's a lot of things that happen in this animation. There are lots of stories that unfold for this character that you're currently playing. The me that seems to be Craig or whatever your name is. But the story of the soul goes on. You, the identity that you are currently, you know, associated with, the animation, the drama, this is but a chapter to the story of your soul. So yes, what is in me is greater than the things of this world. It's greater in longevity. It's greater in sustainability. It's greater in power. It's greater in intensity. It's ability to rise above. It's ability to have peace beyond all understanding. Yes, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. 
handling fear is not so much about denying the existence of frightening moments and circumstances and, and life experience. It's preposterous not to recognize the internal dramas that present themselves. They feel so real. They are, in this physical world, real. So the peace we make with fear is a result of the invasion the welcoming of the infilling of the divine, the presence of God who dwells with us and in us. We allow this recognition of the, of the spirit to fill our emotions and our thoughts, every part of our being. Um, this is why in the 23rd Psalm, we see the psalmist experiencing the absence of fear in fear-inducing circumstances. The psalmist doesn't say his troubles have passed him by. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, the darkest of darks surrounded by enemies, I will fear no evil because I know you're with me. So pause on that for a moment. moment. The sole reason for the absence of the psalmist's fear isn't because of the absence of fear-inducing physical circumstances. The absence of fear comes from the recognition of supernatural divine presence. In this life, there will be plenty of fear-inducing circumstances. Life is full of opportunities and presentations that provide reasonable, legitimate um, reasons to be afraid. But the inseparable presence of God is a truth that really transcends the current troubles. This presence is a continual, never-changing state of being. Um, It is the mind of Christ. The flow of divinity, the ever-present unchangeable, is um, a resolved deep knowing. Being utterly convinced that God is with us, that the divine is for us always, and that nothing can separate us from that divinity. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Even the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, angels or demons Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Nothing in all creation or that has been created will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This knowing is something that has to become a state of mind. I cannot be separated from the love of God. Um, we are the presence of God. And the Christ assures us of that of that continued presence, the anointing, the power, the promises, the blessings, um, 
Christ the event, Christ the mind, Christ the spirit, Christ the consciousness. These are the auras that should flow, that we should align to, that should be allowed to burst forth within us. The Bible says that in us flow rivers of living waters. You know, the esoterics, Christian and otherwise, they all believed that within us was the truth, a deep resonance, a gnosis, the reality, rivers of living water. And for so many of us, we've been conditioned to identify with the drama. We've been conditioned to identify with the story of Craig or whoever, whatever it is that your name is. We've been conditioned to identify with that. And because we've been conditioned to do that, we're easily controlled and manipulated because we really think that this is my story. What I'm doing here on the earth, this is my story. This is who I am. And and what I do with this story is all that I'll ever be. And the reality is there's a greater story unfolding. The reality is this is one facet, one phase, one chapter of the story of your soul. And when we begin to identify with the soul that is us, when we begin to identify with the eternal I that I am, instead of the animation with which I'm experiencing physical, the fears of this world, the concerns of this world, the the heartache of this world begins to lose its grip because you realize that the story unfolding to this animation, the story unfolding to this drama is not all that there is. There's more. Um, what does it mean to have fear and to be controlled by it? It's an identification with the physical. And I'm not saying that we completely uh, abandon the identity of whoever it is that you were created to be on this physical earth. There's an important reason that you're here. The evolving of the human species to a space of love. That's your purpose. But fear, hope, these are all phantoms that arise from thinking of the self. When we don't see the self when we don't see the physical, the animation is ourself. Why have fear? Why have hope? Who are we really? Are we this body, these emotions, the name we bear, the things that we failed or accomplished? Or are we something more? So many of the Eastern traditions teach us that our identification with the personality known as and insert your name here, that creates suffering, that creates sorrow. And why is that? Because we think this momentary event that we're calling life or whatever it is that your name is, that what we do is so vitally important. And so we fight to fulfill desires and dreams and mortgage payments and social status and, and titles. And we pursue all these things with with serious aggression, thinking, this is who I am. I am this person on this street, owning these cars. And look at the accomplishments that I've made. But even the Bible says not to store up for yourself 
the treasures here on the earth where moth and rust and thieves can steal and destroy, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, in that place where the physical and the deterioration, the corrosion of, of this animation, it can't touch those things. And I'm not suggesting that we join, you know, monks and monasteries and and completely disassociate from our existence here. I'm not suggesting that at all. Contrary to that, I think that we should be involved. I think that we should help evolve those around us and really work to answer the suffering of so many homeless and hungry and abused and, and all those kinds of things. We're here to do that, to disassociate um, with this avatar, the flesh, uh, the blood, the identities, the names, the labels of this physical form is to free yourself. You can more, you can resonate more deeply with the eternal eye and let anger slip away and let fear slip away. Let worry slip away and dread and all the false notions of success and joy that we as a people and have and as a society have falsely perpetuated, there's a solace um, simply to see the true blissful you, the resonating essence of divinity created by God. You know, the Bible says, uh, I knew you before I even formed you in the womb. That's interesting. I knew you before I ever formed you in the womb. Um, another profound statement found in the Christian Bible is um, Matthew 16. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Um, It's an interesting space to be in. The identity, the essence of form, the animation, the drama, the avatar that we exist in. It's something precious. It's it's something beautiful to behold. It's something to treasure, to really seek to do something with it, to use it as a tool of evolution for the human species. I think that those things are important to tell the world about God and the love of God, the power and, and, and the closeness, the proximity of divinity. I think all those things are important, but so many of us too deeply identify with this form. And the more that we identify with it, the more we give space to fear, to anxiety, to the frustration of not being able to get out there and be a wage earner, to the frustration of not being able to get out there and do the things that you deserve to be doing. When we too deeply identify with form, we also identify with the troubles and the trials that are so deeply associated with physical when within us are rivers of living water, within us 
Jesus said, the, the Father and I will live in you. The Bible also says that we are the very temple of the living God. Deep within us, that's where the true magic exists. Deep within us, that's where divinity abides. Deep within us, that's where there are universes of divinity and power and magic and peace. There's universes of that to explore. And I realize that that part of the conversation seems a bit, I don't know, kind of kind of goofy, you know, kind of kind of almost disassociated with being human. But the reality of, of this is if you really think about it and if you really allow it just to speak to you, there's something about it that resonates. There's something about it that you know to be true. That while this life on the planet is incredibly important and what we do with it certainly matters. That's not the sum total of who I am. And in so many ways, I can see now how I have too deeply identified with it. And I can see how my identification with it has caused me to suffer fear and anxiety and upset. The pressure of being the best at whatever it is or meeting others' expectations. I think there's something deeper. I think there's something more. I I, I think there's the story of our soul that's really unfolding. Yeah, I think there's something deeper to us. It's interesting to me. Um, In 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says, Um, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Do you not know that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells within you? Uh, In John 14, the Bible says, We'll make our home in you, us men and women, right? So there's something interesting and amazing, magical, an explosion of divinity occurring deep within us. Rivers of living water flowing through us. And in a time such as this where humanity seems to be bearing up under such pressure, um, while I certainly hope it ends soon, and I do, What an interesting call to dive deep within. So anyway, man, that's it. That's really what I wanted to talk to you about today. The associating with who you really are. The eternal I. The the esoterics called it... um, the little eye is the form, uh, the, the, the flesh and blood. Um, 
the big eye is the spirit within the you know the real me the soul uh, the eternally existent never ending soul and the esoterics would often talk about identifying with that part that that true part of you the true i and so i'd really like to encourage you man to look beyond the form to look beyond the limitations of of this individual this physical realm to see you as a much deeper more powerful something greater than the things of this world something with greater sustainability and longevity greater peace greater joy greater knowledge there's something within you that is greater than the things of this world and so the answer to the anxiety of the unknown isn't necessarily to face it head on to overcome the fear by courage but instead to understand this is a page in a chapter in a massive novel that is me and I'll experience this moment I'll drink it in I'll do the very best that I can with it but I know what's happening to me isn't the sum total of who I am it's only part of the drama of this animation. So that's it, man. Again, um, I hope you dug it, man. I hope that it resonated with you. I know it's um, it's a little out there. I, I get that. But uh, it comes from a pretty solid foundation of esoterics and, and Christians from the past. Um, so many spiritual practices that call us to a deeper relationship with, with the true essence of who we are. Again, the, the, the quote by Rumi that I thought was so great, I'm not this hair, I'm not this skin, I am the soul within. And the intention there was to disassociate, not entirely, but to disassociate with the physical and to more deeply connect and identify with the spiritual. All right, man, so that's it, guys. Once again, if you would, man, visit me, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on all of those. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear what you thought of the podcast. And um, wherever you are, stay safe. Be of sound mind. Be encouraged. Uh, This is a moment in time. It will pass. And um, as summer moves in, man, I hope that you find ways to really enjoy, um, you know, some kind of interesting way to, to enjoy the space outside of your home. I know my wife and I, we love to kayak. And so a couple of weekends ago, we, we, we went kayaking. We went to um, a local lake. It wasn't, there weren't, there were people there, but there weren't a ton of people found a cove and uh kind of hung out man and and um you know was it was really a great time so hopefully you can find things like that to do to really enjoy your life don't you know you need to know what's going on but don't coronavirus your brain to death it's not healthy for you you know check the news once twice three times a day maximum you can find out pretty much everything you need to know in that in that period and space of time um, God bless you guys, man. Again, thank you so much for hanging out on the POD. I will catch you next time. Done. Done.